Hello and welcome to the year we started a podcast. It's a podcast born Phoenix-like from the ashes of last year's podcast. Uh, I am your co-host, Jeff. And I'm your other co-host, Nick. And this is our podcast. We're a couple of friends that are half a continent apart that would like to come together and talk about some of the things that are fun and interesting to us and less on the rest. Uh, And... Man, Nick, I'll tell you what, these last two weeks, I feel like I'm losing my mind a little bit. Like we've, I've said that intro. I mean, let's just say I hit it, you know, on the first try every single time, uh, Mm -hmm. 30 some odd times. Uh, and I feel like I'm getting worse at remembering exactly how it goes. I think, uh, might be. That's impressive. You'd think that you'd build the habit, right? You would, you would, well, that's the thing is at the beginning, I would read it. Like I would read it every time. And then like, then I knew it. But then, I don't know, I feel like a week is just long enough <laughs> that now I, I, I like stumble agree. almost. Uh, I, I, uh, I'll, I'll tell you that because uh, I'm a scripted baby, I do read it every time. I, I read my three lines every time. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I'll, I will say, I think I know what the problem is, though, is I some of my favorite intros are the ones where I uh, interrupt the typical cadence of how things go because I think it's funny. Uh, yeah, 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 and yeah, so yeah. I like as I'm reading it, it's like I'm fighting against, do I make this be one of the weird ones or do I make it be a normal one? And uh, you got to be natural, Jeff. This is right. just life. You got to be natural with the natural, funnies. natural with the funnies. Well, Nick, I need to talk to you about voicemail. Uh, okay. that, this is this is our intro this week. We need to talk about voicemail, Nick. I need to know what you think about voicemail. I have opinions. Uh, go. <laughs> Jeff, you always ask me for opinions on the most benign things. Um, I have little opinion <laughs> on voicemails. Most of the voicemails I get now are robocalls, and um, <laughs> I don't like leaving voicemails. I feel awkward when I leave them. Because you're kind of um, just talking to yourself. <laughs> you uh, are certainly talking to yourself. Also, uh, <laughs> talking about robocalls could definitely be like an entire rant all in and of itself. Oh, I know. I know. How we is it 2021 that we can't figure out how to stop people from spamming me with nothing? <laughs> I know. I know. It's bad. Uh, it's really, really bad. But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about voicemails, Nick. So, uh, yeah. Uh, like, are, do you keep up on, on your voicemail? Like, if, if somebody leaves yeah, you a message? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I listen to it ASAP and then delete it because it stresses me out to see a list of them. So. Okay. Um, so it stresses you out to see a list of them. Uh, Nick, how many unread messages do you have in your texting app of choice? Right now is zero. Okay. I have... Do you want to take... I, I know I do this oh, all the time. Do you oh, want like 50? Do you have like 50? Nick? <laughs> well, I, okay. We'll edit this out. I have to send you a picture and just hear your reaction oh, from seeing it. I'm like getting anxiety. I will say while we're doing this, this part... Uh, the, the exception to this rule for me where I don't get anxious is my email. I just gave up on my email when I was like 14. It's just like, it's it's Dude, covered right? in spam. It's covered like, in... It's just impossible. Jen looks at it and she's like, what do you mean 2,000 messages? And you're like, don't worry about it. Who no, cares? Katie, Katie clears her email as diligently as anybody I've ever seen yes. in my life. I don't know how you can do that. Yeah. I've like logged into Jen's email and there will be like two messages and they're both like archive starred things because they're like, oh, I need that tracking number for something. And I'm like, what? How? How? All right, Nick, have you, have you gotten my text? That's 797, Jeff. That's a big <laughs> number, Jeff. My number is uncomfortable for me, Jeff. Uh, also, I want to say, I guess 500. I was I was in the... I was a thin, like, a margin I thought you guessed... Man, we're living like a parallel universe, because I swear you oh, said a I, much lower number. You said, like... I said 50. 50. I said 50. <laughs> yeah. I, 
I am not even remotely close to within margin of error. Never mind. What the heck? Jeff, that number's too high. It is. But, uh, actually, there's some non-funny reasons why that is. I just get lots of texts for work things that I, if I had to clear all of them, it would be annoying. But what it has caused me to do is kind of treat my email and my text the same way. Of like, I'll see things, but I'm not going to bother like marking it as red or like clicking into it oh or whatever. Oh, God. I just, I've given, in the same way that you've given up on email, I've given up on text. <laughs> How do you live your life, Jeff? Well, I'm ask anybody. I am an exceptionally, exceptionally terrible texter. Uh, so yeah, there you go. Oh um, my god, that's okay. Well, we didn't talk about voicemail. Uh, similarly, yeah, about the, similarly, yeah. I've given up. But to a much greater extent, for all intents and purposes, voicemail for me might as well not even exist. If you ever call me and leave me a voicemail, you are talking to yourself in the moment, but you are talking to yourself. <laughs> permanently i don't even know the last time i've checked a voicemail like it's been forever like if if you don't get a hold of me on a phone call you send me a text that is like i don't understand like it's so hard like you have to like sit there and listen to the entire one minute of the person rambling awkwardly into the phone like why are we even doing this anymore like i understood when like you had to but like I don't know. It feels like a carryover of a very, very archaic way of leaving a message. And there are much, much better, less weird ways to do it. I don't know. I, I'm, I I'm guess. Not, I'm not opposed to, like, you know, I'm not, I'm not crazy. Like, I do know that, like, some things are so much easier just to talk through. But, like, yes. otherwise, like, you're taking the worst of both worlds. Like, you're having to, in the moment, try to describe whatever it is that you're trying to say. And also now I, on the other end, have to like listen and where I could read what you would have said in like three seconds. I don't know. Okay, let me let me put one thing out there for you. This uh, without like I'm not not criticizing you, but your your uh, your consistent job life is showing here because uh, like when you're applying for a job and you don't know who's calling you and they don't have your like okay, you, well, you, <laughs> you know fair. what I mean? Yeah. Like okay, I, so, I definitely have so, a little bit of yeah. a holdover for that. Like and not not just a job, but um, if it's somebody you don't really know for like an appointment or if you're applying for something or whatever the hell, like if they don't have your number, then I know that like the easy answer is to just email, like email, hey, I want to follow up on this appointment thing that you need. Uh, but a lot of times it would come through or it comes through easiest as a voicemail, right? Yeah. Okay. So you're, we don't normally just choose who's right, but you're actually, you're right in this sense. <laughs> um, so you are actually correct. And because uh, now that I'm thinking about it, there are times where I do check a voicemail. If I do have like a doctor's appointment or something, That's exactly, where, yeah. like something like that, where I missed the call, but they left the message. But I will say I haven't, listened to a voicemail because I, I assume android has some similar thing yeah where they the... where they do the voice to text and whoever thought to do that for those times where you do need to pay attention to voicemails it is a godsend like i am so like so grateful that i don't have to just sit there for a minute and listen to people talk when in reality like reading and I, I would love to know like the actual math on it but reading has to be like orders of magnitude faster than like listening to somebody talk. Um, can I say that this is like weird serendipitous timing? Because Jen literally this morning sent me a transcript that she got from me when I pocket dialed her while I was like out with my with my uh, dad and my brother. And um, she sent me a transcript of it. And it's just nonsense. Uh, it's just like went blank long day yesterday. No, I mean like how blank blank part of blank blank like what the limit is might be different if I blank blank with 
I know I got 203 thanks. I don't know how I got 203 thanks. Uh, blank, blank, because Mike is Megan, blank, blank, references. Terrible. Okay, okay so. <laughs> <laughs> because Mike you... is Megan, references terrible. Okay, have you ever played the game <laughs> where you start, just type one word. Yeah, and yeah. And then you just keep hitting the autocomplete for like the next word. So like yeah, I just sent yeah. Nick a text. Uh, How's the meeting today at the house for the meeting? And we'll be there late at the same meeting. So I can't do that tomorrow. Which you is hilarious. You have a lot of discussions about meetings, Jeff. That's what I've <laughs> Like, your, your phone is very like aware like I, yeah i get it it's another thing about meetings god oh man i i did i did tell you that i was going to be honestly a lot of those things are just tied, like somewhat related to the things we had just talked about anyways yeah yeah no but, but yeah the, my point with that was just to say that the transcripts are probably the, be, the best option yes uh but also they can be really funny so. yeah they, they are pretty funny all right nick what, what you got for me um okay so I got a little one here for you is, um, Jeff, we had a little wildfire here in California yesterday. Um, it really? was thank Yeah. Thankfully it was, um, it was dealt with really fast. Um, <clears throat> but it was dealt with really fast because we used a, uh, like the world's, the world's largest, uh, fire, re- uh, suppression, uh, helicopter with a capacity to carry 3000 gallons of fire retardant. Uh, but the reason I say this is that this was at my local trails where I bike. Like, this is like five Dude. minutes from my house on a bike. It was right here. Like, I, 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 on the freeway that is the freeway that is, I, I don't know. I mean, if, if I'm taking the freeway to pass the spot on the freeway, because uh, the freeway runs alongside a tr- the, um, the like, wilderness park uh, where the fire was, it's probably about three minutes if I'm in my car from my house. It was basically freaking right here, Jeff. And uh, it was thankfully taken care of really quickly. But it's really surreal seeing your own home, like under a, 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 a places that you go all the time. Uh, I think that some of the trails that I ride often are going to be closed. Uh, yeah, it's just really surreal. And also fire retardant is crazy. And there's a lot of it in these planes. Yeah, that that is crazy. So, did you get to see all that happen, or I did not. Um, I didn't want to go gawk, um, so I didn't drive over to it and stuff. Um, I I'm gonna send you a picture too while we're talking um, of the plane dropping a fire retardant. It's actually nuts. Kudos to Orange County Fire Authority. Apparently, they were on it like super fast. Good job, Orange but, County Fire Department. I know, right? But uh, no, I didn't go see it. Um, oh wow, this. Uh... I don't know what I was expecting to see, but uh, a red dinosaur falling on this mountain was not what I was expecting <laughs> to see at all. <laughs> red dinosaur is exactly right. Have you seen fire retardant? That was like something I was going to ask. Uh, I think so. There was a, I don't know if it was fire. Is it always red? Because if it's always red, then definitely not. Yeah, um, it's basically always, or at least it, I've only ever seen it as red, I think. I have seen planes and helicopters and et cetera drop water. There was a bunch of fires one time out in Colorado when we were out there. Uh, and right. And kind of saw, like on the drive-in, just absolutely crazy number of, of firefighting planes. But no, I, I've never seen red fall out of the sky. I had no idea it was normally red. That's crazy. Yeah. It's it's super interesting, and the the weird part is, um, I think that these the fire retardant lasts like a year. So like that hillside will just now be red, like just covered red really? for like a year. Yeah, there's places that I go nearby that like you can still see fire retardant that I'm pretty sure is from this fire from early last year. So yeah, yeah, that's that's um, crazy. 
I so I mainly wanted to have this because I just like am super impressed with uh how fast we can respond to this stuff and just equip things with three thousand gallons of dropped fire retardant on stuff and I didn't know if it's a thing that you even like not have like if you have is if it was something that you'd seen because out here it's just normal it's like oh yeah look at that hillside it's freaking red but yeah anyways like my, my whole thing is just that like I, I just wanted to share it because i'm like dude it's it's down the street from me wildfire season is basically here already and uh the weird part with southern california is and just california i guess is it was 75 a high of 75 on saturday and then a high of 102 on uh tuesday just all at once man very nice yeah it's yeah. super yeah. hot here I'll tell you and then we get and then we get a fire the next day after that 102 spike so there you yeah. go there you go <laughs> um nick i want to talk to you about uh a little bit of um it's honestly kind of like a multi-topic topic you'll note the commas in my I see this in I my topic this. so we try to have a fairly evergreen podcast, meaning like most of the stuff that we talk about, aside from uh, the occasional exception, is interesting regardless of when it actually happened, like the recording. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think there's any way to like uh, mask the fact that this has happened uh, starting in the middle of a pandemic and still in you know in the middle or still in pandemic season like there's no way to mask the fact that like yeah this this podcast currently is happening where covid's still a thing that people care about um yep try not to talk about it too much but i just acknowledge the fact that that is like it's it's somewhat uh unavoidable but i i do want to say so uh you know my wife and i both been vaccinated um and cases in kansas are like crazy low uh, basically low all across the U.S. But yeah. there's like there's counties in Kansas that have had no case reported for like two weeks and stuff like that. That's the, awesome. The hometown I live in, uh, there or the the county that I live in, there are some days where we only have like zero to three people that test positive. Um, obviously it's not that way in every state. We're a really big country and obviously it's not that way in every country. So I do feel very fortunate that we're in an area where it's much less of a concern and we're starting to do more things because, um, you know, we've talked like definitely excited to start to return, return to a little bit more normal of a world. Uh, agreed. And it, it, this, so Katie and I, we celebrated our 10 year anniversary here recently. And, uh, one of the things that we did on our anniversary was for the first time in what a year and a half or however long it's been, we went to a movie theater, Nick gasp. I know scary. it's it's so crazy, but Ah. (laughs) we braved the world. We went to a movie theater, (laughs) watched, uh, in the Heights, uh, which we will definitely talk about just briefly. But Nick, we walked in there and I, we maybe saw two other patrons at the entire movie theater. It's so the, weird. The ratio of staff to people going was, I mean, it had to be like six to one. Uh, and they were definitely lower staff than typical, obviously, because they have nobody there right now. Yeah. Um, I did not expect it to feel like that. Like we walked in, we were the only people uh, in the entire lobby. Um, <laughs> and it like, it literally felt like aside from the, you know, handful of employees around, like we had walked into an abandoned movie theater that like just was, yeah. it was like an apocalyptic scene. Like I, it was just so, so weird because 
like literally last time we went, um, w- like it was completely packed. Like you constantly had to like buy tickets well in advance, especially if you wanted certain areas of the theater to sit in. There's there's different theaters in town, but one that's closest to us, like it is like it used to be very hard to get tickets on a weekend night. And we celebrated our anniversary on Friday night. And like I said, you think that that would be busy. You'd, like, well, yeah. maybe not busy. Cause like, you know, things are just now opening up. There's not a lot of movies coming out right now because well, right. Movie theaters are, uh, in varying States of closed or not across the country. Right. And, so like it kind of made it would make sense, but like I kind of felt like you know this would be something that people are starting to do uh, a little bit more of, but no, apparently not. And we in our so in our theater, which we're talking about a uh, it was like a six o'clock showing of in, in the Heights, and we were literally the only people, and it was the weirdest thing ever on a Friday night being the only people in the entire theater. Uh, sure, it was very weird. Uh, what that. Um. Before oh, you keep, before you keep going, uh, I I so I haven't uh, I didn't have that experience because of COVID or anything. But a long time ago, uh, Jen used to live in a pretty small town in Pennsylvania, not as small as some of the like most small towns, but uh, they had a like old time freaking movie theater that had been like renovated a few times. It was uh-huh. owned by like a family, including this like younger girl. And Jen and I went there for an after work date one time, and there was no one else there. So they had to like the 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 person who owns it like she sent everybody home except for her and like one other person and she's like okay well we'll stay open for you guys do you guys want like a tour of the movie theater before we go because it's like no it's, way like, a historic that's super thing. cool super cool they like since we were the only people that were there they started it on top like I, I like when as, as soon as we were done they didn't you know have to do it at the exact moment yeah. but they gave us a tour and you're totally right it's weird being in parts of a movie theater without people it's too large of a space like it's it just feels like you're in like a ghost town or it feels like you're in like some i don't know like in a, an amusement park uh thing and i can't imagine how that would feel if you also knew that it's because of a pandemic and if you're wearing a mask and if the employees are wearing a mask it's like i i would just feel awkward and uncomfortable but it was really it's really cool and kind of surreal seeing movie theaters completely just devoid of of life you know it is very weird. It does make me worry for them a little bit because yeah. here in Kansas, I think they've been open for a few weeks or so. Um, okay. And but like just seeing and, you know, we live in the Midwest. So of all the places, like if there's going to be people willing to just go out and do whatever, like if Kansas, well, has, de- Kansas has decided that we're out going to do stuff now, but we have not <laughs> we have not decided to go back to movie theaters, apparently, which I love movie theaters. I, I like so I love I. going to see a movie. Are you a popcorn person, or do you like I, get I some am. sweets? I, I, I'm both. I'm, I'm just like any dis, the like you know self discipline about my eating habits goes out the wayside <laughs> when I'm in a movie theater. I'm like, yeah, yeah, give me that giant soda, <laughs> yeah. popcorn. You got some red vines. Hook, uh, hook yeah. it up. Yeah, no, I'm definitely a mo- uh, a popcorn person. Like I don't know if I've ever gone and watched the movie without getting popcorn. Um, and when you're watching a movie and you have popcorn and it's a big bowl or whatever and my wife and I are sharing things, like there's no way that you're not going to make a little bit of a mess. But, you know, normally, you know, obviously, if you make a giant mess, help clean it up. But, like, if there's a few popcorn – maybe I'm a terrible person for saying this I'm like as I'm thinking about it. But, like, you know, they, they have to go through and clean everything up, vacuum it or sweep it or whatever. Like it's not going to be a huge deal if they have some popcorn. But, Nick, I will say – 
if you are the only people in the entire theater, the amount of judged I felt when the two people, which literally now has doubled the people in the theater, are coming in to clean up after everybody. And I like, I don't know what state of affairs I left behind me, but I just like, I... Oh man, I got so so anxious. Like every, like, cr- every oh, crumb please. was like the worst. You're like, oh no, oh, please, oh, no. please let me have had the one time where like I just loved everything completely immaculate, not a single kernel on the ground. Yeah, because like there's like there's not going to be anybody else who's made whatever mess we made. I don't know. I just oh, I felt so bad. Like I, like actually, I'm like I'm sorry. Can I just take the broom? I'll go clean anything I might have left I'll, behind. I'll do this. I didn't mean <laughs> to do that to you. I I'll do it. Oh, oh man. my god. <clears throat> so. But yeah, so uh, In the Heights, uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda Miranda's. musical, are you aware? That's, I am aware of what it is, because it's the, the musical he, he produced before Hamilton, correct? Yes, and now it is being adapted into a movie. Yes, and so I, I don't know the, pr- the premise of the movie or the film or the, the play or anything. Like, let me into your world, man. Well, I, I don't really want to go too far into it because we are uh, already yeah. trucking through the timeline of our podcast here. Yeah. But um, I just want to say, like, I think it was one of our very first episodes. We talked about how much I love Lin Manuel Miranda and the work that yep. he does. And I had I had vaguely known of In the Heights before, uh, but you know he, we live in Wichita here, so ain't nobody uh, gonna bring something like that <laughs> to our area. But um, this was just reinforcement that. One, he is a fabulous, fabulous uh, creator of content and uh, whatever the right words are to say when you do stuff in theater. But like just time and time again, he, like the stuff that he does, like he is such a good person too. Like I, I, it's very, con- he's a very conscious person with, with, with uh, the, with his playwriting, right? Like it's, yeah. It's very intentional uh, mm-hmm. and he has... He has an agenda. I mean, he wants to wants it to be entertaining, but it's not entertaining for entertaining's sake either. Um, but no, I agree. He, he's he's trying to to send a message or not send a message, but like to to have a message, right? And he wants, yeah, basically, he wants to influence culture by the things that he creates. And if you if you know his story, like he's worked very hard for a very long time to be able to do that, and seems like a lovely person. And I'm so glad to see him get success because I do think the things that he believes in are things that we ought to care about. Um, so I, it's it's very cool. He he is such a great person. And again, like I said back then, I just I want him to be able to make so like just keep making things, Lynn. Please, like, don't ever retire. <laughs> just keep making things. It's good stuff. Very much agree. Very much agree. So if it is safe wherever you're at or at some time in the near future and you want to get a little bit back to normal someday, some anybody listening, uh, definitely there's not a whole lot of other choices right now. Is, so. is the film still a musical? The film is still a musical. I'm not like I super so. up to date or I'm not I'm not super knowledgeable exactly what all counts as musical versus film. But like it's definitely what I would call a, a musical like it's singing the entire way through. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I Basically is what I would assume in musical. I, I basically think if, if people are spontaneously singing that it's a musical. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's not it's not a musical in the sense that uh, like Hamilton was like a pure music, musical, just a recording of Every, the actual yeah. thing. Like it is a movie, but it is a mu- movie musical. Like there's very right. little talking. Like the talking to music ratio is uh, definitely well in favor of, of Honestly, the songs. Honestly, even if the film was like 20% song, it's like. That's that's twenty percent more than most movies, right? So. <laughs> that's fair. 
That's fair. Uh, yeah, no, but like I, I, I get you. I, I get your meaning. It nice to get to a little bit more normal, even if it was extremely abnormal experience going to a theater. Yeah, uh, yeah, just a little empty. All right, Nick. Okay, my last topic is one that I have been struggling to to put together as a topic, but I still want to talk about with you. And the reason is that we have talked about a couple of um, all time great athletes on this show. Mm-hmm. Um, I have really enjoyed those. I think you have too, right? Like, I, I mean, have. They, yeah. I, I don't want to overdo that, and I've tried not to overdo that. But I think like just diving in super hard on one uh, all time great athlete is very interesting. So, Jeff, how much WNBA have you watched in your life? Oh gosh, uh, I can it, count no on the number of fingers uh, yeah. on my knee. <laughs> the time for WNBA <laughs> games I've watched. That's, that's not entirely that's not entirely true. Um, but I mean, it's got to be. I, I've watched more college uh, women's basketball than WNBA, like almost I, for sure. Also, a hundred percent. Yes, I same. I've watched um, a couple of different UConn uh, women's Final Four runs. And, it was all yeah. it was all UConn stuff, just because it was so ridiculous that they won like whatever it was ninety five yep. times in a row or whatever. Yep. And I, I'm a huge UConn fan, as I think you know. Oh, that's um, right. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I totally forgot that. Yeah. 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 For yeah. our listeners, I used to go to a, a UConn basketball camp in the summer, and uh, I loved UConn. And also, uh, I met Gino, Gino Oriana, um, super, super, like, uh, larger-than-life guy. Uh, I, yeah. You know, I met him, like, you know, the way that everybody at a camp, or, like, you know, 30 kids at a camp who got to play freaking horse with him before, you know, he <laughs> spoke to us did. But more importantly... Um, I, I what I wanted to do was do a super deep dive into Diana Tarazi, um, okay. because Diana Tarazi is sometimes called the goat, and like as somebody who very 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 occasionally will watch like the last game of a championship, and I say that I mean I think I did in like uh in like 2017 or something like that, and then uh, I didn't watch any of the bubble from them. Um, I don't watch enough sports in general. And I sometimes just tune into a sport for championship games if I think they're supposed to be good. Uh, I do that with football. I do that with baseball. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, was, I, I tell myself that it's okay when I do that with WNBA. I should probably just pay more attention to it because it's always fun when I do watch. Yeah. Um, I've, I've watched Diana Tarazi before. I've watched, uh, I watched her when she was in UConn when I was young. Uh, and I watched her uh, at some of the Olympic games uh, that she's uh, played because the USA women's basketball team, A+. Um. But I didn't know how to do this. And when I, as I did more research, I'm not even sure if Diana Tarazi is really like the GOAT. And there's really good writers that I already like for uh, for the NBA that have talked about this, including talking about names that I didn't even know, uh, like a woman named T- uh, Tamika Ketchings, who is a super badass, uh, who was a uh, just inducted in the WNBA Hall of Fame. Uh, and she leads uh the her the all-time leader in steals for the WNBA by like 50%. I don't remember the exact number right now. It's like she has like 1500 and the next person has like 1000, which I thought was just like comical oh. how ridiculous <laughs> that is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But see, usually when we talk about this stuff, we can point to um oh, Gretzky had 3000 goals total and the next person had or points total and the next person has like 2000 and it's just comical and you can go down this like long list but the WNBA is really interesting in that there are a lot of women who have multiple years of mvps and they ha- there's a lot of women who have like a lot of staying power um freaking uh diana tarazi won like six straight scoring titles 
and there's other women who have like uh freaking MVPs like 10 years apart, which would never happen in the NBA. That is that is crazy. Yeah. Right. Like would that happen in any other sport? Maybe baseball or something, right? But like I, I've never, I mean, not since like the 70s in the NBA is something like that happened. I, I, I was trying to think of a, a contemporary example for this and from basketball because, uh, oh God, who was Aaron, it? Aaron Rodgers might have done it in the NFL, I feel like. Okay. Uh, maybe even Peyton Manning. I don't know when or how many he won. Gotcha. But um, yeah, it's exceedingly rare. Yeah, exactly. Um, Lauren Jackson. No, no had, I found it. He, only nine years apart for uh, for Rogers. So there you go. There oh, you and go. So my, my example was actually eight years apart. So you know, excuse oh, me well, for being sorry. off. But but Lauren <laughs> Jackson won uh, an MVP in 2003, and then in 2010. And I was thinking about you know who are our MVP candidates in the NBA in 2003 versus 2010, and the 2010 candidates weren't even in the NBA in 2003. So <laughs> <laughs> like it's it's like a different yeah, world for sure. Yeah. And you have a lot of women whose careers are very um, interesting to me because uh, so the WNBA plays a lot overseas um, or not plays a lot of a lot of WNBA players who are really good uh, translate that to playing overseas. So like when you look at Diana, Diana Taurasi's accomplishments, you see like, OK, she's been an MVP. She's a two time finals MVP. Um, she has this record for uh, for. uh what is it? Single single elimination games in games that are like head to head, head. Both teams are on elimination. She started her career out thirteen and zero, which is kind of gross. Like that's a gross, gross number. Wow, man! How <laughs> confident would you get after that? Like, <laughs> like I I never have played sports professionally. This is just an announcement yeah. to you, Nick, uh, and to the podcast. Oh, really? But like, okay. yeah, no, I haven't done that. If I did that once, I would feel super cool. Maybe twice, I'd feel like, wow. Like, you just can't beat me in a game seven, bro. Where, you can't where, do it. I'm too where, where do I find the application for GOAT status? Because like we're, <laughs> we're well on our way. Oh, man. And, I, I, mean, I, I do, I do want to interrupt because I don't know if this is going to be a thing we're going to talk about. But um, it is like I'm looking through on Wikipedia the uh, WNBA top 15 players of all time. And it is criminal how few people on this list I know. I know Lisa Leslie. Yep. And I know Cheryl Swoops, and yeah. maybe I had heard of Tarazi before you talked about it, and like that's confirmation bias. But like, uh, the, Cheryl Swoops and Lisa Leslie would have definitely been the two on, like and, and potentially only names it, I would have been able to pull out. And part of that is that they were around in the formative years and were huge stars at the formative years, right? So they're right. they're around when uh, people are first getting exposed to it, and they're, that's for us. It's like when we were young, right? Yeah. Um, but but I agree, right? That's another thing is um, I'd heard of Elena Del Don. Uh, she's a two-time MVP. Um, her advanced stats are gross. So they use a similar advanced stat uh, or a similar set of advanced stats. You can use advanced stats uh, for the WNBA that, that are from the uh, or, you know, that were originally developed for the NBA or whatever. Um, and there's one that's really popular that I don't like because I don't like um, all-encompassing uh, stats, the stats that are trying to get a single metric as a point of impact. Um, but there's one that's really, really popular called win shares or win shares per 48 minutes. Um, 48 minutes is the length of a basketball game for people who don't care at home. But for example, win shares per 48, Michael Jordan has the most win shares per 48 in the, in the NBA um, for a career at 0.25. So basically he's contributing yeah. 25% of a win every time he plays 48 minutes. Okay. Uh, at his absolute peak, he was at uh, 33%, uh, 0.33 uh win shares per 48 i think this is the highest single season and that's pretty much as high as you'll ever see in the nba 
a lot of these women's MVP seasons in terms of winters per 48 are like 0.44. And Elena Del Don's at 0.42 or <laughs> oh 0.41 in two of these. And it's like, but she's not considered GOAT necessarily because she's young and she's, but I also yeah. had never really given her, like I, I heard the name, I think uh, when she was first recruited, she was a name that was talked about on uh, the NBA subreddit. And so like, I saw some stuff from her, but like, didn't really know her. And then she's like, you know, winning championships while putting up insane advanced stats. Um, and I, th- this is exactly my point. I'm not qualified to tell you that that even though I'm looking up this stuff about Diana Taurasi and it's like, okay, she's just a, a, an, a, an absolute killer in the postseason. Uh, her stats get better in the postseason. She wins all of these single elimination games because the WNBA has more single elimination games. They have um, the first two rounds are, uh, well, it's, it's changed around a little bit, but there are times where the first round is just a single elimination. It's just best of one. Um and she was started her career thirteen and zero in those, which is gross. That that is an insane number. She goes overseas and she plays uh, overseas, and she helps win a ton of Euro League titles while she's still tired from playing in the Olympics and in the WNBA. And then wins Euro League MVPs and Euro League Finals MVPs and whatever. And then comes home and wins two Finals MVPs here. So. I can tell you all this stuff about how she's a total badass. Um, her biggest claim to fame on this is her scoring. Like, she's basically, like, you can't really argue with, like, she's the best scorer of the WNBA. Um, total points in, in WNBA history. Uh, she's at 9,000. The next highest person is at 7,500. So, like, it's a pretty significant gap. A little. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but, like, I, I as I researched this, this is exactly what I was getting at, is I... I kept coming, like watching more and more uh, highlight clips and uh, game highlights of just more and more insanely impressive women across this whole spectrum because there's a lot of different... Uh, I think that because the game is kind of younger there and because we, like, you know, the common discourse around it, especially when I was growing up, was like, oh, they're very fundamental. But no, these girls are badasses. Like... She's she's got a got like a uh, she's she, I mean she's not really exactly like anyone else but she's very much like a hit pull up dribbles in your face kind of, of player like or pull up jumpers in your face kind of uh, player and it's not just a oh fundamental player who you know goes to the backboard or some crap like that uh, you watch her and you get like flashes of Kobe pulling uh, yeah. you know pulling up off the dribble or you get flashes of James Harden uh, working with somebody on their hip and just abusing them and putting them in a cage and it, it's the same thing with a lot of these other girls elena del don is like i i feel bad watching these women try to guard elena del don because she's just like tall has a stupid ju- a stupid great jumper and gets the rim at will and it's like okay well what do you do with that uh and it's it's down the board with all like all their like the, their mvps i didn't know enough about any of these women and i don't have any specific thing that like tells me oh let me tell you the list of things that make Diana Taurasi like the, the goat. Cause I don't know if there is a list or I'm not qualified enough to think about it, but dude, some of the women in this game are freaking badasses is my, my biggest, my biggest takeaway and point. And I need to watch more WNBA. That's my resolution to myself is as the, the uh, NBA playoffs die down, because I cannot even keep up with watching the NBA playoffs. <laughs> as you know, uh, I'm going to switch over to putting that time into the WNBA because it is uh, it's going on right now. And it, it, they're going to take a break for the Olympics. Uh, but they are going to pick it back up again. And it's nice for me as an NBA fan because they're kind of going to be at their most fun. Their playoffs are going to be right before the NBA comes back. So it's like I, I'll just have no it's fantastic. time off. 
Yeah. I, I think we all should uh, watch more of women's sports in general, and WNBA yeah. included. Is the WNBA – I mean, this is maybe a super dumb question. Is it owned by the NBA also, or like? Yeah, it is, or at least it's like under the same umbrella. Yeah, because I I think I remember back forever ago. I think it was maybe Donovan Mitchell that uh, like kind of stood up for the WNBA. Is that was that him? Do you remember any of that? Yeah, the, the, a lot of a lot of um or, or like in what what capacity? Uh, that they are underpaid and underappreciated for yeah. what they do. Uh, um, I, th- I think so. There's a lot of um, support between uh, b- between both leagues. Uh, Chris Paul speaks out about it a lot. Uh, I think Dwayne Wade does too. Yeah. Because the, the highest earner, I was just Googling some things because I thought I remember hearing about that. So I thought I would look up some actual numbers. Yeah. yeah. That, the high, like the super max is like 220K or something like that yep. for WNBA. And the minimum salary is dang near a million bucks for NBA. Like that's just, yep. Like that is and, a huge disparity. And I understand like they're not necessarily like it's, it is a more viewed sport, obviously. And yeah. so that, like, that's why it happens. But I think that like that inequality is a bit, a bit too rich for my blood. I, I completely agree. Um, and so like the Diana Tarazi thing, uh, one of the, the interesting stories and controversies in her career is that, so I told you a million times that she's played uh, a bunch overseas, right? Well, uh, so one year she was hurt and, uh, she decided to sit out the WNBA season to be prepared to play for the, for the EuroLeague season because she gets paid more by the EuroLeague. And like, what is that? We have like... The big, the biggest basketball market in the world in America. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah, like we have the biggest infrastructure in terms of men's uh, men's basketball, and like the biggest star in the WNBA can't get like he's like getting paid more like playing in an off season over. Can you imagine if Jordan was like like you know what I just <laughs> I just need to take it easy this year. Yeah. I'm gonna go get a bigger salary to go play uh, Euroleague <laughs> ball. Like what in the world? Right, right, completely, and um. You know, I, I'd like to think that there's an element of this that is like most uh, leagues are smaller when they start and they gradually they can expand and they can sometimes expand exponentially. And I would like to think that there's there hopefully is a trajectory like that for the WNBA. But it doesn't happen if we all have like let old school biases and old school small like uh, di- not discriminate, but like old school biases like color our desire to watch a sport because like the, like when you watch these highlights of these girls they you're not watching uh high school kids who are whatever like okay they're not as tall whatever who cares right it's still when, high level basketball right when, when uh diana tarazi sticks a uh uh behind the back step back on uh, from 28 feet it doesn't. It's the same thing as when Steph does it. It's the same thing. It's still sick. Exactly. It's still sick. Oh gosh. <laughs> well, so Nick- I hope I hope I I like can uh, I hope that that makes clear why I haven't talked about this. I wanted to just do this on Tarazi because I've always liked Diana Tarazi. She's a badass. She's very um like she she seems like a really cool person. She um has done a bunch of she's done. Uh, like she's been on some of the podcasts that I listen to, some of the basketball podcasts oh, wow. that I listen to, and I, nice. I think she's really smart and well spoken, and uh, yeah, and, I'll, and then also she's had staying power. She's been in the league for forever. Um, Gino, one of the one of the funniest quotes I ever heard was uh, someone asking Gino Ariema how he uh, how the the team was uh, like they, they I think it was like their second season in a row where they hadn't lost a game, 
And someone asked Gino what his secret was, and he said, oh, we have Tarazi and you don't. And <laughs> I was like, this is just a great, this oh is funny. Oh my gosh. So, I do love that. I do love that. Yeah, yeah. So I, I wanted to just do stuff on Tarazi, and I couldn't even find enough stuff to be like, how, like, why would I talk about that if, like, so Diana Tarazi, for example, has the fourth highest points per game of all time. So how do I not talk about Elena Del Don, who is currently at a higher point per game for her career, is... Uh, like the last time she was healthy, won the WNBA Finals MVP on the back, of, like, and carried the hell out of her team, just because I like Tarazi, like I do, and I have like a, an affinity towards her just because she's a UConn girl and she was a UConn girl when I was there, and I mean, so are a million of these people. Yeah. But um, UConn alums are killing it in WNBA. <laughs> but, that, um, that's so surprising. I wonder why. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> but yeah, like I, I uh. I, I don't really have a point to any of this except to say that I'm going to resolve to watch the uh, WNBA this year, even though I never have time to watch anything. Uh, or not never have time. I never am good about making time to watch things. And uh, some of these girls are freaking badasses, man. Hey, I am like I I'm, if you probably if you haven't gotten it already, like I'm definitely all in support of promoting oh, no. women's sports. Like this is awesome. Like this was when you put go, I my mind immediately went to who are we going to be talking about from the NBA? baseball today yeah yeah fair for sure oh, fair. no but this is this is a pleasant surprise i appreciate you taking the time to do a little bit of research and talk about it and um and yeah i think it's i think completely unrelated uh i want to watch more uh soccer too i've really really enjoyed watching more soccer um, but I think, yeah, I think WNBA might have to be like, you need to text me when things are happening. Also watching these games are kind of hard depending on where you live. But, um, that's I'm the other sure. thing It's it's like, that's sort of the, the thing is that they're criminally under, uh, played. Like they're just not like, uh, there's just not enough, uh, broadcasting of their games, which is like kind of BS. So. All right, Nick, we should probably wrap this one up. Uh, I don't think we mentioned it. We are recording this at an absurdly weird time. Um, yep. We need to go record our Patreon-only podcast, and then I need to turn around and edit that Patreon-only podcast, and pr- <laughs> I can, I, I'll just publish it. It's fine. Because, like, Nick, if there's ever going to be a thing that is as close to a live uh, broadcast that we're ever going to do, it is going to be this Patreon podcast, because I'll probably hold on to this one until Monday, but that Patreon podcast is probably going to talk about NBA playoff stuff so there's no reason to sit on stale nba news uh need to get that out asap and i'm going to edit it tonight because this is the only night i'm going to be in front of a computer so um so yeah uh, it's called the year we started another podcast if you want to check that out you can go to patreon forward slash tywasap or patreon.com forward slash tywasap yeah and you can also check us out on twitter facebook youtube uh instagram but and snapchat. not snapchat oh not not, not snapchat. snapchat okay don't go there uh, you can find all of that at tywasap.com. Nicholas, thank you for potting with me. You're welcome. This has been the year we started the podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you.